Open your Bibles with me today to 2 Corinthians chapter 1. Now, we're, we're talking about receiving from Jesus so easy. He is so easy. It's so easy to receive from him. 2 Corinthians chapter 1. And go down to the 17th verse. When I therefore was thus minded, did I use lightness or the things that I purpose? Do I purpose according to the flesh? That with me there should be yea, yea, and nay, nay, or yes, yes, and no, no. But as God is true, our word toward you was, was not yea and nay. For the Son of God, Jesus Christ, who was preached among you by us, even by me and Sylvania and Timothy, was not yea and no, yet yes and no, but in him yes. For all, read it out loud with me slowly. For all the promises of God in him are yes and in him amen under the glory of God by us. It's not win a few, lose a few, wait a while. You never know what God's going to (laughs) do. We know exactly what he'll do. He'll do exactly what he said in his word. Every time, all the time. But his word has to be applied and faith has to receive it and take it. Glory to God. Now, and and, and I'm... (laughs) I woke up the, the smart, well, it wasn't right when I woke up, but later on this morning. And, and well, and, and I actually went to bed last night thinking about the same thing. Does God heal you because you have faith? Well, it takes faith. But he heals you because he loves you. He saved you. It took faith. But he did it because he loved you. But like I said... He did this a long time ago. It's already recorded. There is the Lamb's book of life. Now, that's the book in which the names and destiny of those that are born again have accepted Jesus. The Lamb's book of life. Glory to God. But there is the book of life. And it has recorded every human being, everyone before the foundation of the world that were to was to be born into this earth. There's no there not in that book, there's no record of sickness. There's no record of disease. There's no record of anyone going to hell. There's no there's no record of that. No, it isn't there. But now, to get into this very exclusive book, <laughs> get out of that general book and get over here in the Lamb's book of life. Aha. It took a very extraordinary miracle. What happened? You and I just received what he had already done. I, I just, I, I just get caught up in that. It is so marvelous. You take, for instance, 
uh, right there. Well, let's turn over to the book of Hebrews. We're, we're going there next anyway. Look, look in the 13th chapter. In the 8th verse, Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. Oh, my, 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 my. He's never changed. If there's need, somebody needs changing, it's you and me. It's not him. I'm the one that needs changing. You're the one that needs changing, not him. Because you just can't get any better than perfect. You can't get any better but perfect love. Oh, my. Back up then to the second chapter of the book of Hebrews. Oh, glory to God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Praise you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Oh, there's just, I, I get looking at this and I think, well, look at that verse. Yeah, but look at that verse. Yeah, oh, yeah, but look at that verse. Oh, but yeah, look at the ninth verse, okay. We see Jesus, who was made a little lower than the angels. Satan is a fallen angel. For the suffering of death, crowned with glory and honor, that he, by the grace of God, should taste death for every man. By the grace of God, taste death for every man. When I first became aware of that, I literally saw it like a low hanging overcast. And there's all of these provisions There's the righteousness of God. We've been made the righteousness of God in him. All of the in him promises. In him the promises are yes and amen. All of these wonderful things in him just just hanging there. The scripture says righteousness has come upon all men. Now all men have not received it. It is a gift. Amen. You can't earn it. Our righteousness is like filthy rags. But when we got born again, we were were made the righteousness of God in him. Amen. Second chapter of the book of Corinthians. So here it is. And the moment you accepted him as Lord and Savior, just just like lightning just shot out of that, shot out of that spiritual overcast. And he tasted death for me. He tasted death for me. Now we know in 1 Corinthians 15, 57, that we have been given victory over death. But think about what what this says in the book of Hebrews. He tasted death for us. That means, that represents the five physical senses. You can't taste it when you die. You can't smell it when you die. You can't see it when you die. You can't hear it and you can't feel it when you die. 
you will never know you're dead. Until you look around and <laughs> you're 28 years old again. <laughs> oh, yeah. See, your inner man's no older than that right now. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. You just... Well, and I've demonstrated this before. I'm going to do it again this morning. No, now wait a minute. Now, shh, hush. Now, this is my coat. This body is my earth suit. This is my coat, made for me. But without me in it, that thing's dead in a hammer. But you know, I don't feel a bit different. It's not going to move. I said, it's not going to move. Now, let me give you an example of the resurrection. David, would you come here, please? David Weeder. Uh, my body's in the grave. And I can't, I can't get it up. I need some help. I need the resurrection, see. So, the Lord Jesus, glorifying my body, and he gives me a new body. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I'll never age again. And on the day of the resurrection, listen to me now. Listen to me. That's the end of all of the glorified ones. We are a very unique family. Now, people will continue throughout eternity. That's the plan of God. There will be people that will be born and live and born and live. All during the millennium, there will be people born. But the devil will be released after a thousand years. They're going to be tested. They're going to be tried. And there's a lot of them that'll fail it, even after seeing the goodness of God for a thousand years. But there's a lot of them that are going to get born again. Glory to God. But once his house is full, there'll never be any more glorified ones. And in eons of time from now, and maybe you and I walking down the street together. But see, they, they, we, we won't, we don't look any different as far as, uh, the, except they can see our scars. They can see scars where we had surgery. They can see scars, that big cut across our spirit. You can see that. The circumcision of the heart when you and I died the death of the cross. Hallelujah. Isn't that right? Jesus still had the scars in his hand, even though there's no blood in his body. And he sat down and ate fish. He said, handle me a spirit hath not flesh and bone as you see me have. No blood. All his blood is in the heavenly mercy seat in heaven. That, I'm telling you, there's shouting stuff going on right here and you're not saying anything. 
But all of this is just preparation. We're just getting ready. Glory to God. And people are going to come up to us. People are going to come up to us, Kelly, and they're going to say, oh, you're glorified ones. You're glorified ones. Tell us some stories. Tell us about, oh, tell us about the miracle that happened. What was her name? Joan Green? Oh, we've seen it 10,000 times. Let us, you, you tell us. You tell us. You were there. You saw it. You saw, what was it like? It must have been glorious. And so we'll just, you know, all, all of this ministry, all, all of my ministry, 90 years of ministry will flash back across my mind. And all of the wonderful, miraculous things that are going to happen between now and 2056 when I go home be with the Lord. And, and all these all this wonderful things. When the, I, I was, I was preaching in Jamaica and up in the hill country and the Lord told me in response to a church that had been fasting a day a week for somebody to come and teach them faith. And I was back up in the mountains. I, and in one place particularly, I was the first light-skinned man they had ever seen. And uh, we were in a place called New Hope. And it was just a, just a little tent put up. Well, it wasn't even a tent. It was... Well, <laughs> What we used to call in Texas a brush arbor, where they just put up some poles and go out and gather a bunch of brush up and to get for shade and put it over those poles. And, the, and, uh, and then the, whoever's doing the preaching standing in the shade, most everybody else was, was out from under the shade. But in this case, it was big enough for a handful of people. And they had a, a stump and they had taken a piece of wood and nailed it at an angle on top of that stump for a pulpit. And they had a kerosene lantern hanging right up here where it was just bright enough I could read. And all the people were black. I couldn't see anybody. <laughs> Unless somebody smiled. I didn't see anybody, man. I couldn't. It was dark 30 in there. And I'm preaching on the power and authority of the name of Jesus. And the power of God was all over that. And all of a sudden, there's a man walked up in front of me, right, just standing right there. He, he got up here close to me before I could see him. He said, would you lay hands on me in that name? I said, I certainly will. I wasn't through with my message. Yes, I was. He finished my message for me. So I walked out here. Well, when I did, I got out from under that light and I, you know, my eyes adjusted. I could see a little better. I laid hands on him. There was another one behind him and 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 behind him and behind him. And, and so then I, then I got out in the edge of that I could see a little bit then, uh, sitting on a rock wall. My goodness. There was something that the pastor said was uh, over 500 people out there sitting on that wall listening to the word. And so we got, got done and I sat down in, in, in pastor's car and this woman came over there. Now, you know, I'm in the West Indies now in, in uh, Jamaica. She said, Brother Copeland. I said, yes, ma'am. She said, thank you very much. I was blind. Now I see. Good night. <laughs> And she just walked off. And I asked the pastor, I said, 
what, what is she talking about? I said, was she physically blind? Who said, oh, yeah, see, she's been blind all her, all her life that I've known her. And I said, well, I thought she'd have been more exciting than that. She said, he said, Brother Copeland, she'll wait till she gets home. He said, you see, our background is British and we don't show emotion in church. She said, he said, you wait till she gets home. She'll have a fit when she gets, she gets home. She'll do her screaming and hollering. They said, you wait, you wait till she gets in church Sunday. Oh, we'll, that's when we'll have a time. Now, isn't that wonderful? Well, hey, it was the name. That name is in here today. Faith in the name of Jesus. <laughs> Glory. I said, glory to God. Hallelujah. Jesus, the same yesterday, today, and forever. Now, Jesus' home was in Capernaum. Let's establish some things because we're going to follow him. Let's go to the book of Matthew. Chapter 4, and we don't want to do anything except standing on the Word of God out of the mouth of two or three witnesses or more. Verse 13, leaving Nazareth, he came and dwelt in Capernaum, which is upon the seacoast in the borders of Zebulon and Nephthalim, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by uh, Isaiah the prophet, And then he goes ahead and gives that scripture, which is in, of course, the book of Isaiah. So he didn't just move to Capernaum because he got run out of town in Nazareth. No, he moved because he found himself in the volume of the book. Glory to God. He was led by the word of God. That was his primary leading. And the Holy Spirit confirming the word. Praise God. And he just packed up and moved to Capernaum. Now, they, when they excavated it, they thought that it was probably Peter's house because it was so big. But then they realized it was not Peter's house at all. It was Jesus' house. And because of the location and so forth, tracking it in the Word, they, they, they found it and realized it was, it's Jesus' home. He was a very wealthy preacher. Amen. He had the big house. Oh, I get it. I had to watch it. I just get back over there and just go to preaching on it again. <laughs> Glory to God. Now then, oh, there's so much that, that I'd, I'd like to do here. That very same God can cause that tumor in your body to just dematerialize and go somewhere else. Right now. He can cause that AIDS virus to disappear like a snowball in August. Glory to God. Amen. I heard that yesterday and I heard it again this morning. Praise God. Somebody's being healed and delivered of AIDS. Praise God. It's happening all over the world and they're seeing us right now. They're seeing us right now in places in Africa where that thing is, that, that thing is still a monster. Glory to God. Thank God. I said, thank God. The healer's in the house. Well, the same healer's in the house. 
in Africa today, in South Africa today, the healer's in the house while they're watching this. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord, I said. They're watching us in the United Arab Emirates in the Middle East. We have partners there. Glory to God. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Let's go to Luke 13. The woman that could not lift herself up. Faith is always now. Say, now faith is. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. Amen. 13th chapter of Luke, verse 10. And he was teaching. See, he was teaching. He was teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath. And behold, there was a woman which had a spirit of infirmity 18 years and was bowed together, bowed over together and could in no wise lift up herself. When Jesus saw her, he called her to him and said unto her, Woman, he's about to call things that be not as though they were. Woman, thou art loosed from thine infirmity. And then he laid his hands on her and immediately she was made straight and glorified God. The ruler of the synagogue answered with indignation because Jesus healed on the Sabbath day and said the, the people there are six days in which men ought to work and then therefore come and be healed not on the Sabbath. Well, she'd been there 18 years and he hadn't done anything. The Lord answered and said, you hypocrite, does not each one of you have a Sabbath loose his ox or his donkey from the stall and lead him away to watering? Listen, ought not this woman being a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan hath bound, lo, these 18 years be loose from this bond on the Sabbath day? And, and you, if you belong to Christ, then are you Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise? Ought not you be loose today? Ought not you be set free today? Ought not that arm be loose today? Glory be to God. Hallelujah. Ought not your neck be loose today? Ought not your stomach be loose from pain today? Ought not not your throat be loose today. Glory be to God. Ought not your back be healed today. Ought not your shoulder be released today. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. Today is the day of salvation. Today is the day of deliverance. Today is the day of power. Today rejoice. Rejoice. And again I say rejoice for the day is alive and the day is now and Jesus is here. We hope you enjoyed today's teaching from Kenneth Copeland Ministries. And remember, Jesus is Lord.